Hello. You're listening to the Cat Who Did a Podcast with me, Susan Romsdorf-Terry, and... Luke Romsdorf-Terry, where we read a book from the Cat Who Mystery series and discuss it. And on today's episode, we're taking a bit of a tangent and talking about a parody. This is The Cat Who Killed Lillian Jackson Braun, a parody written by, written by Robert Kaplow. Now, this is published in... 2007. Which was also the same year that uh, LBJ died, right? Um, I, She actually died... LJB. In- Yes, a few years later, but this is also the year that the last of the Cat Who books was also published. Oh, that's published. right. I was I was mixing the dates up. Uh, yes, we, I think I may have said something about her possibly dying in the same year, but no, she died later. There is a warning for delicate uh, ears yes. in this one. There's some cursing. Um, I will say <laughs> that watching Susan read this was uh, quite interesting, and it was a uh, a window into when I, I I can tell when she's not a fan of something. I don't know that you've ever watched me hate read something before. No, I've seen you hate watch stuff with me, cats. But uh, yes, but that's at least I'm getting a good laugh out of this yeah, one. This, s- one. this one I went into expecting it was going to be bad, and it was so much worse than I ever thought. I mean, cats is not. I wouldn't even say hate watching cats just because it's such an experience. Go, <laughs> what I'm, Basically saying is, go watch Cats. It is one of the if most- If only so you can say that you've seen it. It's one of the most bonkers movies that's ever been produced. <laughs> but unfortunately, like, that's in the realm of so good it's bad, or you, or so you kind bad, of like it. So bad that it's at least interesting to say that you've seen. Exactly. Whereas this is just bad, bad. This was just bad, bad. This um, is going to be a short episode, too, just as a warning, because it's- <laughs> uh, You gave- you kind of gave up halfway. Not even halfway. Not, not even halfway. I was about a third of the way through. So we'll talk about that in a bit. But anyway. So uh, here is my very brief summary of uh, The Cat Who Killed Lillian Jackson Braun, a parody. In this book, we find James Kafka, which is spelled Q-A-F-K-A. Oh, all right, I, I, I already want to check out. I'm sorry. I already <laughs> right. want to just right. bail. Um you know, Kafka Q at this point, as he's referred to, is a veteran children's book author and he ha- and lives with his cats, Poontang and Ying Tong. So things start off just terrible to begin with. Is the author a 14-year-old middle school boy? Well, he did write me and Orson Welles, so uh, kind of. Um, and the, the, ma- the main mystery of the book is that Lillian Jackson Braun, the uh, author of these gentle mysteries, is found decapitated in a gay bar with her head missing. What? And it gets worse from there. This, Jesus Christ. Newspaper reports uh, (laughs) her publisher and husband being shocked by the location of her murder due to her retiring nature. But eyewitnesses report her dressed in leather and silver, surrounded by adoring gay fans carousing at various bars before her death. Um, she also apparently made a call to Kafka asking him to research lavender ink, and that was the last call she ever made. Um, in his uh, search to find out what happened to her, he visits a effetely written Earl Bettinger who claims no love lost between him and his late wife, and at this point, Kafka is then convinced that he killed the lead checks in Bron. But he was fed a gourmet meal and with extras sent home for his cats. Uh, there's lots Kung of Tang and Ying Tong. Yes, there's lots God. of lusting over overly young women, which is accurate to a parody of Quill, um, especially in the early books. And the young ones are, of course, appreci- unappreciative of anything classic. Unlike Quill in later books, Kafka is apparently on the right track because his car is then sabotaged by the mother of a former student um, before she leads him off for uh, a day of sex games. And then there's something about a secret diary from Mary Astor, who who was having an affair with John Barrymore. Several boyfriends die. Lots of sex is discussed. And there's a very strange chase through a a train station, uh, culminating with a Broadway cult with crossbows, culminating in Jerry Orbach on stage with a raccoon skin hat. Wait, wait, what? Jerry Lumiere shows up? Yes. What? Yes, yes, really. 
And it turns out that Lillian Jackson Brown was killed by someone who was jealous that she was getting all the attention from the gays in the gay bar. And that's where the story ends. This. Okay. It was awful. Is there an. Uh, okay. <laughs> Let, let's. Okay. Okay. I'm s- <laughs> Digest this. I'm, I'm going to throw it back up if I do. <laughs> this is. Mike. Okay. There are. I have several questions, but we probably won't get to all of them. No, lead on. Just, just in case I miss them. Okay, so several boyfriends die, lots of sex, strange chase with a cult, with a Broadway cult of cross. There's, there's a, something about a Broadway cult that uh, they all wear raccoon hats, and they chase Quill and his research assistant through the train stations with crossbows before they find their way to a Broadway theater, um, where it turns out they were actually having some kind of initiation for said cult, and Jerry Orbach is leading the pack. Jerry. <laughs> Just the cherry, the cherry ore box in coonskin caps. Uh, this is this book is also filled with some truly terrible puns. This is a sur- this is surreal. Yes, I, I like. Okay, so what are some of the puns? Do you have a good um, example? The first one that pops out is that the owner of the bar uh, where Lillian Jackson Braun is found dead is named Tom Katz, and oh, that's the better uh, one. Okay, that's one oh, of that's the, the good. That's one? one of the good ones. Um, is this a Carmen San Diego game where you have to deface? You know, and even those are cl- you know, clever. You'll be sorry and yeah. Robin Banks and Ihor yeah. Ihorovich. Yeah, and there are some great, there are some not so great political references, um, and a list of uh, fake cat who titles. There, we I remember I read through a few of them with you. There is a lot of references to uh, content warning, Harvey uh, Harvey. Uh, yes, no, Harvey. Harvey Weinstein. I almost said Harvey Dent. Wow. Not the I same really, I really wish all. that it was that that it was fictionalized. But yeah, it's actually calling it, it, out it's actually calling out Harvey Weinstein for settling out of court um in these titles. And this is also a full Also Donald Rumsfeld uh, also Donald Rumsfeld. Donald Rumsfeld is in there too. Well, you know, Grant this is in the, yeah. the, the, the 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 final year of the Bush administration, Bush 2, so. Yeah. Um, but but st- the Harvey Weinstein is the stuff that just makes me yeah. really like, did he, uh, did he have a bone to pick with him? Was he, what was that whole thing? Because that well, seems remember, to so. Well, remember, he wrote Me and Orson Welles, which was turned into a movie. And um, so. Uh, yeah. And geez. it was, I'm pretty sure it was, it was, it was produced by the Weinstein Corp. So, um, uh, well, that, that would explain a few things, but also that's, that's just making it turn, that's just turn. Not that Harvey Weinstein needs to be apologized for or anything, but that, that's just turning it into, into petty. Uh, this book is so this petty. Point. This book Jeez. is so petty. Um, up to and including a reference to Lilia Jackson Braun losing multiple awards to Michael Chabon, which she actually did um, frequently in the early days of her career. Um, when we talked about the very early books in the series mm-hmm. where, you know, she was nominated for all of these mystery awards and she always lost. She it. lost to Michael Chabon twice. Jeez. It's like, this is just petty. So this, um, who, but again, I would, you would only find that funny if you'd actually done any kind of, done any pretty major reading about Lillian Jackson Braun. Um, otherwise why would you, nobody would know who, the, who Michael Chabon was. This feels so much like it's a, like Lillian Jackson Braun is the Adam West Batman where it's campy, it's fun, it's lighthearted. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly you've got Jared Leto sending dead animals to people to try to inject and be like the, the, the gritty yeah. dark, you're, this yeah. ain't your granddaddy's. Yeah, basically this is an attempt to inject a, a Lillian Jackson Braun style story with sex, violence, and far too much masturbation um, that the original stories are thankfully lacking. It is peak 
men trying to talk about sex, quote unquote, frankly, and just being disgusting. Because obviously, if you don't find gross funny, then you're a humorless prude. Um, of course. I mean, it's just locker room talk at that point, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it yeah. does. It does vaguely try to address the the lack of diversity in Moose County, um, even pulling out a couple of quotes from the book, which about particularly the uh, the interchangeable tall blonde youths, um, which to this very stereotypical, equally stereotypical Jewish character is saying, why didn't she just, you know, raise the, why didn't she just raise the right hand and start the rally there? Um, Whoa. Yeah. Just because blonde farm boys. Okay, go figure. Um, Jesus. So, uh, but so with that, all of that, you know, vague attempt at satire gets lost in a lot of really unfunny dick jokes and some really terrible, terrible sex scenes that there is no need. That's, Um, wow. wow. It's it's unfunny. It's not smart. It's a very painful read. Um, And I do agree with Susan Stamberg of NPR fame, who has a quote on the back of this book, that the book is mercifully short. Huh. But I have to admit, I couldn't even I couldn't even take that. I skipped to the end after about 75 pages to figure out what happened because this was just not worth my energy or my time. Just. Yeah, no, I can absolutely see. I'm just I, I just did a random search for this. And mm-hmm. I'm, of course, on. Uh, wow, there's an audiobook of. It. Oh, my God. No, kind of I'm, I'm kind of curious. No, don't I'm do just, it. I do wanna, not want to bring that. Do don't you put not that evil on me, Ricky. Do Bobby. It. It's. And, yeah, one of the reviewers saying, I was surprised how X-rated the humor and content was. That didn't bother me. In fact, I often found myself laughing out loud, but it did surprise me because I just knew it would not appeal to the fans of the Cat Who book series, the people most likely to pick up the book and read. Although I enjoyed the series, I am all too aware of its foibles, which the author of this parody did poke fun at. However, I feel that it took a far uh, took a, t- a step too far with the X-rated humor. I would not be surprised this book was a commercial failure and badly reviewed. Yes, we I, can just stop there um, because it doesn't get much better. And that's not really a shock. The fact that this book is still available tells me that, you know, they've done a really good job concealing what it's actually about. Um, There's a lot more one-star reviews as we Oh, yeah. I'm down, so not surprised. Is, which is good. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, let's see. It reads like the world according to Garp and an arsonist guide to writers' homes in New England. Waste of time. One star. I like that um, because because in my in my particular rating system, I very clearly said no, no pause. pause. That is a first. We haven't even crossed the threshold where there is a book. In I don't think I've given that, anything less than two pause. Yeah, I would say the two is the most. Two is, is the, the lowest, lowest I've gone. gone. Now you, wow. So well. And again, this is not an official book. It's a no, no, quote. no. It is a parody and not a good one. You know, no. I was I was hoping for a fun send up of all of these stupid tropes that she uses over and over again because they're all there. Well, and you know, you when you think of a good satire, when you think of a good pun, you know, what do you have? You you think of, of course, Mel Brooks. You think of yeah, Gene Wilder. You think of that. I you know, I'm not saying we're going to get that level of it. I mean, but. even if we'd gotten something on par with uh, politically correct fairy tales. I mean, but yeah, from back not? in the day. I mean, there's a million things that this could have been so much better, and it just really, really was not. And oh wow, there is a uh, there. Yeah, the uh, there is a audiobook version of it, and the wow, the reader is Artie Johnson from Laughing. I'm sorry. Jeez. I mean, everyone's got a mortgage payment. Yeah. So I would have felt really. I I, I would have. Uh, yeah, tried to get out of that one. Well, totally have that. Yes. 
And again, if we're looking at the Amazon reviews, which is always a great bastion of literary yes. commentary, but... Vulgar. I wish that I could give negative stars. Not worth a dime. I love parodies. This wasn't parody, just pornography and not very good, good porn, porn at that. that. <laughs> yes. Somebody is it's speaking my mind. So I think we just need to just, we just need to leave it at, at with with the words of this last review and then we'll move on. Which is yuck. Yep. <laughs> wow. Well, on that note, <laughs> on that note, thank you for suffering through this with with us. I'm so glad that I can uh, tell you not to read this book, save you the trouble. Please don't. Um, Instead, we will move on. And thank you for listening to the Cat Who Did a Podcast, and join us next time for the final book in the series, oof. which is. The cat who had 60 whiskers. <laughs> I'm Susan Romsdorf Terry. And I'm Luke Romsdorf Terry. And until next time. Happy sleuthing. And stay nosy, my friends. We did it differently that time. <laughs> we're, all, what, we're all discombobulated out of this. With this parody. Instead, go watch cats. Have a great night. Thank you, friends. Bye.